life starts out with giving you little whispers of this isn't right for you. You better start changing. And these sort of little things happen that are triggering, trying to trigger you into realizing that. So the triggers get bigger and bigger. And you, you, you know, you may have something happen that's really distracting you and, and burdening you. And it can go all the way up to a serious illness. Like it's like the ultimate slap in the face. Wake up for Pete's sake. You yeah. know, now you've got cancer or whatever it yeah. is that you might have. Whoever said life is short wasn't trying hard enough. Welcome to Dead Set on Living, a lifestyle podcast that takes you off the beaten path of health and wellness and highlights unique ways to live a longer, stronger, and more fulfilling life. Now, here's your badass host who once fought a bear on the mountains of Corsica, Lynn Bravo. Welcome to another episode of Dead Set on Living. I'm your host, Lynn Bravo. I have with me today, Michelle Smy-Hughes. Welcome back. Thank you, Lynn. <laughs> nice to be back. We talked to our listeners about the process of attitudinal healing, and we've already done one podcast on the first principle, and today we're going to cover principles two and three. So, Michelle, uh, I'd like to start with the second principle, which is health is inner peace, healing is letting go of fear. So we'll have a little chat about that yep, today. Yeah, that's where we're at. So I, I think you would agree that most people tend to, and even when we are raised as children, you tend to define your health as your physical health. Most people have been taught how to maintain a healthy mind and a healthy spirit. You know, as parents, parents, being a parent is was one of the most influential and powerful roles that you'll have in your life is because you're, you're nurturing, creating another person, another life. But it isn't something I think, parents are like you know our parents the schools there's no one really out there teaching us how to develop and maintain our healthy mind and spirit so let's just define what health is according yeah. to attitudinal healing first so attitudinal healing isn't about our physical condition of the body but it's defined as a state of being or a state of mind so a healthy mind is is free of conflict harmonious active, flexible, alive, and energized. So that really means that we're living in the moment and engaged in living our mm -hmm. life as fully as we can from a place of emotional and spiritual strength where we feel that we can really handle all the situations that life might throw at us, right? Mm -hmm. So the goal of health really is inner peace through healing the mind, mm. right? So so you've been working on this uh, next principle and um, one of the biggest I think the biggest obstacle of inner peace is fear. Yeah. Right. So it, it it's going through the process of letting go of the fear. It takes time. And eventually, as you peel off all the layers of things in your life that are based in fear, um, you find that inner peace or your inner essence. One of the things that I read in this book that I thought was really interesting, and I think a lot of people either themselves or know of others where a real transition or a, a push into dealing with this issue comes when we get physically ill. Yeah. So having a physical illness is yeah. often the, the, the impetus to start working on yeah. ourselves and trying to find that, to, to move through and find that inner peace. And I just wanted to refer, I think you felt from the book as well, very inspired by Dr. Bernie Siegel, who's the author of Love, Medicine, and Miracles. There's um, seven or eight points he makes, but you you were telling me that you felt the first four he made were really resonated with you as you move through the process of this principle. 
principle. So how about I read the, yeah. them and then you can maybe explain how that manifested for you in as your process. As far as accepting illness, because I, I have had a, a serious illness, I should preface before you. Yes. Uh, I was in my uh, 30s and I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old and I was diagnosed with an advanced cancer. So that's a cancer that had been present for quite a while and it spread through my body. And, and so it was one of those um, absolute turning points in my life. But when I was reading through the principles, um, as you described them and resonating with the children that you just spoke about and resonating with health as inner peace, uh, I come to this, you know, the purpose of, of illness is always to heal, not our, from a physical perspective, but from an emotional and spiritual perspective. And so I would love to share, if that's where you're going, sort of how that this really was part of my process. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. Because I think all physical I, I was surprised. is an opportunity mm-hmm. to heal your mind and, and to have yeah. spiritual growth, right? So I'm going to read a, the first few of his comments from his book, and then you could perhaps share with us how that to. resonated with yeah. you. So the first thing he says is, accept your illness so that constructive energy is available for your use. An attitude of resignation is destructive and allows the illness to run your life. Acceptance means you know the illness is there, but rather than it being a burden, it is something you can handle. Yeah. So when I was truly ill, and like I said, it was life-threatening, and you know, you, you just feel so weak and vulnerable, um, my guidance kicked in at that point. And so that's one of the things I wanted to point out with this, this, this kind of, these principles as they resonated through when I was healing through that, it wasn't anything I was focused on with spiritual or mental healing at the time. Mm-hmm. I was truly focused on the physical and survival. But the guidance that came behind it very qu- clearly is represented here. And one of those was um, not to fight. To fight the illness rather than accepting the illness would create the same thing. It would create the energy of fighting, not the energy that I needed to heal. Mm-hmm. And so by accepting the illness, it's, it's like an upside-down theory. You're so afraid of death and you're so afraid of the outcome that it's almost, it's, it's an insurmountable fear. It really is. It's, it's not something that you can push away. And, I, and I'm sorry, I'm speaking to people. I, I have no idea out there. Everybody shares in this. It's not just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is how I felt. And so to allow the healing to occur, it's, I had to come through the, and accept the illness as being present. I didn't have any questions, why me? I didn't go down that path. I didn't go down the path of feeling sorry for myself. I didn't go down the path of trying to fight it, as I said, or trying to wish it away. Mm-hmm. I accepted it was present. And then the other part, which was really difficult, was at what was very freeing, was accepting the outcome was somewhat out of my control mm-hmm. and that it could go this way or that way. Right. Right. And so that acceptance freed a lot of energy because then I was able to focus on sort of the next parts that you're going to discuss. Very interesting to accept your illness, to accept the worst outcome is actually freeing. Understood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So his second point is view your illness as a source of psychological growth, an opportunity to replace what was lost with growth. Yeah. Massive growth and stemming from the release of fear. Because if we're tying love and fear together today, which is what we're doing, and healing is inner peace, and if inner peace is actually uh, being the love, the love present in ourselves, if that's how it expresses itself, then the opportunity for growth is toward, toward removing fear mm-hmm. and allowing that love to come in. And, 
as much as I, you know, still live in fear, or I still lived in fear every day, I lived in fear, it was present. But as I'd accepted it and not, and wasn't fighting it, it was just a reasonable, a reasonable energy a that was around me. It was a burden yeah. I could handle. Mm -hmm. And then also an opportunity for growth did come. And as I say, it wasn't something I was focused on, but I was clearly aware that there was an opportunity for me to rise to the challenge. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's fascinating to me that, that you came to these conclusions without knowing anything about attitudinal no, healing, nothing. right? Like, like what we're sharing today would be, uh, you know, such a, a blessing for people that are are, have just really, recently truly. been dying or even you know still are living in that terrible yeah. fear because they have an illness so learning about attitudinal healing is is something that would be uh you know a real gift to, to people that are struggling today with these issues and they're struggling on a physical perspective and and you know there's only so much control you have over that with your physician or who, whatever route you're taking in healing mm -hmm. um, this is another aspect that anybody who's doing any particular healing method yes. can still work in this realm and with no risk. Exactly. That's the <laughs> whole know? thing, isn't it? It's like beautiful. regardless of whether you're Free going alternative medicine mm -hmm. or, or traditional medicine, however you're looking at your healing plan for your your physical yes. health, uh, this works above and beyond everything else that and you're doing. And I think we're, we're also um, jumping right into this mm -hmm. because we're talking about health is inner peace. Mm -hmm. And and you'd preface that most of the world, I know, I know when I hear the word health, I sometimes give a little cringe because health is so overused in our society and it's often very directly tied to marketing of something mm -hmm. um, in the mainstream and also health is, is a is seems to be a source of disagreement amongst people mm -hmm. so when you're stating what you think is healthy or how you feel it's often an opportunity to separate because of beliefs yes that's so true right so when you're yeah. coming into love and you're opening and, and, and opening up that channel um, as illness allows, as something as grave as an illness, I mean, this can express in other ways and in, in other fears that we have that mm -hmm. are great in our of lives, course, you know, yeah. losing a child, those sorts of things that mm -hmm. are very grave. But I love, I love illness in this regard because it's a, it's a constant, it's not something you can remove. It's a 24 seven when you're that gravely ill. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's not like you can deal with this and then I move on with my day. Mm -hmm. This is a work that goes on 24 seven. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look at number three, view your illness, not as a judgment, but as a positive redirection of your life towards something that you're supposed to be doing. This implies that all is really okay. And that this new direction is intrinsically right for you. The message I felt and how this played out for me was change. And so at first I didn't know how I was supposed to change. So I would just change really interesting things. So yeah, like I used to wear solid colors. Now I wear patterns. Like this is while I'm healing and I'm going yeah. through an ongoing uh, journey of healing. It was about 18 months, two years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's just a silly little thing. But the message was change. But ultimately, the redirection uh, of the illness aligned me in, in so many ways that if I look from my life perspective now, mm -hmm. and I won't go through them in great detail, it, it, it was a launch in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. So the change that I needed aligned me with a different outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I found that it really, you know, when I've went through my issues, I found that with health and so on, I felt that it really woke me up to 
having to to start giving to myself, which we were dealing in the second principle, right? But it was that everything I, my whole essence was being poured into everyone else and like zero for me. And I, and I, we've had, we've had similar discussions, I think, in mm-hmm. other podcasts where life starts out with giving you little whispers of this isn't right for you. You better start changing. And these sort of little things happen that are triggering, trying to trigger you into realizing that. So the triggers get bigger and bigger and you, you, you know, you may have something happen that's really distracting you and, and burdening you and it can go all the way up to a serious illness like it's like the ultimate slap in the face wake up for pete's sake you yeah. know now you've got cancer or whatever it yeah. is that you might have as an illness it's like the ultimate slap in the face that you're not listening you know you know i i remember having health issues and then i i still didn't get it like even though it was yeah. serious i still didn't get it and I, I woke up on New Year's Day and I walked into the back room where there was a mirror st- stored in the back and I it was dark, six in the morning, New Year's morning, first day of the new year, and I kicked the mirror with my foot and I literally filleted the whole side of my toe. Oh. I so badly injured myself and it put me lying down on a couch for two weeks before I could walk again. And it was that that triggered me even more than the health issue was, yeah. was the fact that you're still not listening, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you've got to change. And that was, for me, the big change. It's like the message just gets louder and louder and more yeah. profound and more painful. More painful. Until you suddenly you realize, wow, I do have to change. <laughs> and the, um, the self-love. Um, that was a foreign concept to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> me and, too. But there, it really came in. And it was super easy to do when I was that vulnerable. You know, when you get out in the world and you're strong and you're big, it's a little harder, you're a lot harder on yourself. I was not hard on myself. Mm -hmm. There was really this real conversation that would go on and I would say, cut yourself a break. What does Michelle want to do today? If Michelle just wants to lie there today or if Michelle wants to go sit at the beach or she wants to go buy herself a nice antique, whatever she wants to do, she gets. Yeah. Be gentle with her. So funny. You're talking in that 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 way because that's one of the the methods they suggest is that you talk to yourself as if you're a totally th- removed from yeah, myself like but in, as a friend to, yeah like you're talking to yourself as a yeah. friend not i i i it's no. michelle wants to do this today and yeah that helps, it helps i often to- go to michelle in, in a natural way when i'm trying to work on the like not i'm not doing it consciously but it's okay. interesting how that's placed through. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's a technique you can use. Yeah, and it, and it allowed it allowed me to be kind to myself because I'm naming myself and yeah. I'm seeing myself. And I actually viewed myself with a lot of... Um, I saw a woman who was very weak and vulnerable and really could use some love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you even when it's coming to like when you're working through this principle, you're you're trying to understand your fears, where they're coming from, why are you, why are you embracing the fear yeah. and so on. So if you have a situation arise and you know you're reacting in a way that you mm-hmm. want to overcome, stepping back, it's like the witness self that we talked about in a way, but stepping back and saying. Okay, Lynn, like, why did you just say that? Or why did you just react that? Like, it's just the process of talking to yourself in that manner. It brings you out of the situation. It takes you away from the situation. Mm -hmm. And what was it? Why did Lynn do that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's very cool. It really, really helps to help you explore the reasons and the base causes of your reactions and your fears. Yeah, it's it's a useful tool. So we'll just do number four then. Uh, this one uh, is important. It yeah. says, see death or the recurrence of your illness as further opportunities for growth and not as failure. 
Staying alive is not the goal, but rather enjoying and living in the present. We all at some point have to accept the inevitability of death. That is just so awesome, that statement. Yeah, because you're present. So it t- I had to become present, very present. Because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're faced with the idea, the solid idea, the more, more the more solid idea, if ideas can be more concrete, mm-hmm. um, that you that you're not going to be staying here, right? You know that it may end. Yeah. Um, and so that being there, it's also you have to take the opportunity then to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And and it, and love did come through. Like I remember um, being wheeled in uh, to to surgery, and it was pretty grave surgery. And it was so, the energy in the, like, it was really sad because they had me in a wheelchair and my mom was there and my husband was there and they were hugging me. And now I'm going in for this grave surgery. And I was okay. I actually was very peaceful. And once I got into the, uh, the room, everything was dead silent. It was very somber. The surgeon, all the people were almost, it was just the quietness of everything they did. Mm-hmm. It was very somber. And I was still very peaceful. Mm. And I really felt like... I did feel this and I'm sharing this to be helpful, not because I think I'm special or I have any, but I really did feel love coming through me and into the room. Mm -hmm. And I felt it going into the surgeon and I felt it going into everybody. Mm -hmm. That's healing. Mm -hmm. That's the healing. That's me expressing I'm one. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It is. Make peace of mind, acceptance and forgiveness your goal, and not getting over your physical illness. See the illness as a problem you are having, as a fear. Learn about hope, love, acceptance, forgiveness, and peace of mind, and the illness may go away in the process. Yeah. Isn't that, you know, that's that's magical. And these are all things that people can can do, and and it's going to bring nothing but but po- like, no, I don't even say positivity. That's not the word. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nothing but peace. You've probably, is it Louise Hay? There's a woman that's written a book years ago, and I think it's been updated several times, but she expresses the, the uh, understanding that our illnesses are held in certain organs of our body mm-hmm. because of issues that we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, So if you have lung issues, it's, I think if I recall, it might be issues with uh, love or lack of love yes. in your life. Again, you tend to present in your lungs in some way, whether it's yeah. pneumonia or lung cancer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 it's unre- can be unrequited love. For breasts or it was breast cancer. I had breasts are nurturing. Mm-hmm. So, Nutri- it, yes. yeah, so it can come from, you know, feeling that from mm-hmm. your own mother or the way your ability with your yeah, I think that's an, an interesting, you know, premise that our, our illnesses are reflected in the organs or parts of our body that hold certain emotions. Right? I would love to do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> we will. Yeah. I'll, if you haven't read the book, I'll give you the book and then we'll yeah. talk about it. <laughs> and I have, I have a one that I, 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 it's very, very fascinating. You know, if there's one thing we talk about when we're talking about love and we're talking about, um, growing love within ourselves or healing and feeling inner peace because uh, inner peace to me feels how love expresses when it's when it's present mm-hmm. and uh, is the forgiveness aspect and so it was a wonderful opportunity while I was very ill and very weak and very vulnerable probably at my worst point and my greatest fear was for my children to be without a mother to not know me to not remember me so this huge burden of worry there I was facing myself, but it was the other aspect that was giving me a hard time. And in, during that time, somebody who was close to me offered an insult to my children in my presence. And I was very vulnerable. 
And so you have to see that where that, that filter was set to protect my children mm-hmm. and to be without the ability to do so possibly, it really triggered in me and it triggered a really deep hatred. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would, you know, I'd be recovering and I'd be lying upstairs and resting or whatever, and I'd just be consumed with hatred. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop playing it. Mm-hmm. I was so angry and I was so afraid and I was filled with hate. And then I just remember there was just this, this point where it was just something allowed me to kind of play it out so I could see if, if, if this continued, what would happen to me, what would happen to my husband, what would happen to our family. And it just came to me just sort of just to forgive. And so I took this turn from hatred to forgiveness, and it was really full and complete. And uh, that's what love is to me. It's that energy that comes in at that cusp Mm -hmm. and flip that around. And I just want to say that I really felt that that had a huge role in my healing. Mm. The ability to let that go. And once I decided to let it, like once you decide something on an internal note, Mm -hmm. the support comes. Mm -hmm. So then, then I really don't have to do anything. Like once I made the decision, everything came into alignment that allowed me to truly forgive. And it also allowed me to see the situation from a different perspective and, and also honor that other person. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. So I, forgiveness is, a, if you have any forgiveness and need is in your ill, you know, it's a great exercise. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's brilliant. Yeah. It, we will be sort of elaborating a bit that on, on principle yeah. three, when we talk about giving and receiving of the same thing, because it is true. you were exuding this hatred. So that's what you were going to get back. You weren't ever mm-hmm. going to get anything else back because mm-hmm. it was only hatred that was mm-hmm. coming from you in the first mm-hmm. place. So forgiveness puts that aside and now you can you can emit the feelings and the emotions and the spirit that you want to receive back. Right? Yeah. And and they don't teach this to people that are ill no. that they can do these things and that and I, I just think it's just a wonderful that we, this podcast has sort of come in this direction because I yeah. think it's much needed. It is. And it's so yeah. helpful for people. It really is, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I like the one here, the question, is, when you're looking at what your attitude was when you started, was what investment do you have in remaining fearful? Under what circumstances do I feel emotionally safe? So what might cause you to stay fearful and when do you feel safe? Yeah. Maybe could I reverse that? Oh, sure. And then answer? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... So for me, fear, no matter, you know, and we're talking about things here. So we're doing a podcast and we're using words and sometimes things are indescribable. So when you try <laughs> to describe them, but the simplest uh, way to describe how I feel about um, my fears, no matter mm-hmm. what, what cloaks they wear. And we haven't talked about that so much, but they can look like any anger is fear, yeah, anger, jealousy, jealousy, envy, yeah, yeah. anything, anxiety, everything, Hatred, is fear, yeah. anything yeah. Yeah. is at the end of the day, if I whittle it down to one, it's a fear of being unloved fear of being without love it really is mm-hmm. whether I'm worried about somebody you know when I'm younger receiving me for my looks I want to look nice because in the you know or 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 I'm worried about somebody judging me or I'm fearful of I'm in the process of buying a home if I'm fearful about that yeah it all comes down to what what's being removed from me and how do I feel that that yeah. impacts well, me even with children right like a lot yes. of the things we do for our children is because of our fear of not having their love. So we're not mm. always making the best decisions for our children because we want our children to love us. Right? And that translates to the whole planet. I know. <laughs> yeah. So so our kids are great practice, and I and I and I really do wish I had been working on this sooner in my life, but that's not meant to be. Uh, so that I could have offered that to my children, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not going to have regrets about it because they have their own path, and they and they probably have great strengths because of of the way we've interacted over the years and. And I have other things that I do 
but yeah, I wish we could take this back. I really do. (laughs) Well, it's nice that we can share it with other young parents. Yeah. But the fear of being unloved. And then the interesting thing you're asking, which I would love to talk about is, um, so you always bring up things that are really important, um, which is why, why are we invested in that fear? Mm -hmm. What's in it for Michelle Mm -hmm. to stay fearful? Yes. And it's to be protected. Hmm. And you know, these walls, I, I can remember coming, I can remember being very young and coming into the world and feeling, I didn't have words, but feeling safe and secure. And then whatever happens to us along the way, you know, from childhood traumas to um, career to marital to friendships, relationships, strips that away and makes you be, makes you want to protect it. So I've developed, so this, this fear makes me feel protected because I'm on alert I'm, I'm ready to handle anything. Mm-hmm. And I've got an arsenal of weapons to use yes. that I have proven effective in the past to a certain point. You know, they may have gotten me through some pretty hard times in childhood. And they're there. And they and then my sub, I don't want to call it, but my subconscious says, okay, these are great methods, but they're not serving me well today. Yes. They're not serving me well today. So I'm aware that I'm invested and so I have to find out how. Yeah. How and did you, how do you feel when you overcome a fear? I feel great, actually, and I feel inner peace. That's interesting. It comes in a physical way as well as an emotional, mental. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, an, actual, it's an actual state. Yeah. 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 And I remember you saying to me when we started this, and, and, it, and as I say, I'm no master. This is just, these are revelations. It's like an unfoldment. They call it an unfoldment. It is an unfoldment. But there's a, the, the, the inner peace, the love that comes in is the same for everything it, it, and everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So I get that a little more now. Oh, you that's told me great. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Did you read in this book, the story of John Muir is a very famous naturalist. Did you read the story about oh, him? Oh, I adore that story. I know. About but his it's dog. Just, it's, yeah. Mm. Like in a nutshell, he was hiking through uh, a glacier area. He had this dog with him who he and the dog loved each other. And they traveled many, many miles together through some pretty rough uh, situations and trains and so on. And while he was on this glacier, he came to this really thin, narrow shelf of ice, like a little bridge that he had to cross to get to his destination or he would have perished basically and he had to make this horrible decision of leaving the dog on the other on the side he was on because he couldn't safely carry the dog across so he 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 managed to get across himself and he looked back and his dog looked so sad and and deflated and and he was just heartbroken that he had to leave his best buddy on the other side there and the dog kind of wasn't sure what to do and it kind of paced around a little bit and all of a sudden like the, you could see the dog was just full of fear it knew it was in danger trying to cross this little sliver yep. of ice but the dog suddenly just made the decision i'm going to go and the dog crossed and he said when the dog crossed like he just felt incredible joy he couldn't believe that this dog made it across and he and he wanted to hug and 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 you know, yeah. say good boy, good boy. You're so brave. You're so courageous. But the dog wouldn't let him because the dog was so thrilled with itself for having overcome its fear. It was just racing around in circles and rolling and jumping and crying and everything else. Like it was so overwhelmed with the emotion of having having achieved getting yeah. across to the this this man that he loved so much. And it was it was all for love, right? It was the dog's love for his master that he crossed this bridge and, and made it over there. But John Muir was saying this was a real transition for him and in his understanding of how how joy overcoming comes. fear and, and yeah, the joyfulness and the feeling of freedom and every, all these other feelings that you have when you do do something like 
and it could even be a very feeling of great danger and you just don't know if you can do it but to mm-hmm. achieve it it's it's just he just said it really it sort of personified the uh, the effect of, of overcoming your fear and the feeling <laughs> comes as soon as i make the decision to overcome the fear i don't have to do anything yeah it's a men- it's, it's actually so true so, isn't it yeah, yeah. And, and and conscious of it and I'll actually say, you know, I'm going to, ch- I'm aware that, that I don't love that, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyhow. Yeah. And I'll, and then that removes other fears. Cause then you, you get, well, I don't have to be afraid to fail. I don't have to be like, I, I'm failing yeah. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a feeling that, and then that my dog does it with the bath. She hates the bath. She's afraid of the bath. You know, I love to say, and I'm sorry, do you want to have a bath? She'll roll over, please. You know, don't. So once the bath is over, that dog, and I'm sure all dogs, but she just rips around the house like she's older and like, like there's no tomorrow rolling and showing me how great she is, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just, but it's that dog. She's so happy yeah. because she was afraid yeah. and it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, I think I thought that was a really great a explanation one. of the, the intensity or the profoundness of what it feels like to overcome. So why fear. are we so afraid of feeling so good? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and it can be, you know, I was just on an airplane yesterday and I, it was funny because I could, you can really sort of feel or see people's persona, I guess, when, they, when, they, when they're on airplanes. And there was a couple of times I was watching, they, it happened to be women both times. I don't know if that says anything, but I could see them fidgeting and kind of looking back at the bathroom and then not moving. And then I could feel that they didn't want to get up and walk all the way to the back of the plane and walk past, you know, 70 people to go to the bathroom. And I could see them building the courage yeah. <laughs> to get up and have to face all those people doing that walk to the back, to the washroom. Wow. Yeah, like it's just, it, it's funny. Fears can be small, simple things, right? But And they're not but, even conscious of it. You're, you're not even conscious of it when you're going yeah, through it. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it was just another example of witnessing fear in people, even if it's on a smaller scale. But the, the mo- I, I, was, I was just fascinated watching the moment that triggered where they think, I'm going to do it. Like you could just see them there. They just suddenly their whole body language changed. It's like, okay, I can do this. And then they get up and go. It's fairly interesting to watch. As you bring it up, as I'm moving through these principles, things that I notice is that my fear of being around people or in crowds and and so on is really dissipated to the point where it's almost like I'm unaware. Yeah. And, and this, we'll, we'll elaborate on what you've just said in yeah. the next one, because that, okay. that giving and receiving is a big part yeah. of that. I think of that getting over the, 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 the fear or the, or just not getting over the fear, but coming to an understanding mm-hmm. of what giving and receiving is, that they're the same thing. So just to wrap this one up, uh, one of the sections in the book you go through after you've done all the work is, uh, have I healed my attitude? And, right. and you may not have yet. And it's not like you have to totally heal each one of I'm these the as you go along. You're in the gratitude. process of healing. Have, do you notice any changes in your life and so on? So, so it, I, I'll just read a couple of these and perhaps you can respond. So having affirmed that you are more than a body, emotions and intellect, are you experiencing less fear? And what is your definition of health now that you've come through that? Am I feeling less fear? Yeah. In any way? I'm feeling more fear because I'm aware of my fear. Okay. In a way. Yeah. Well, the fear of the fear is the first step, right? <laughs> it you is. Go. It yeah. is. Yeah. So I've had a, I'm not afraid of the fear. I'm aware of it. Good. Uh, and I probably always felt fear, but was never aware of it. Right. So in one way, 
yeah. I'm experiencing more fear. It's the very first thing you have to face is the fear of the fear yeah. before you can start actually working on your yeah. specific and it, and it can be insidious and you don't realize it's a fear and mm-hmm. nobody can tell me it is. And it is. <laughs> um, but then then I'm not, I, am, I don't want to call it overcoming fear. I'm aware of the fear and I'm moving through it. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like more. Okay. And each time that I do it, large or small, you know, whatever it is, um, yeah, it, I just, it's progress, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think of it like this, this process when we were pregnant and I don't know, a lot of women may resonate with this when you're pregnant, um, and you know, you're having a baby and you're feeling the baby moving. There's this love that you, like, it's a love that you have for the baby. It's unconditional love and you're aware it exists. You can feel it. You've never met the baby. You don't know the baby's personality. You don't know anything about the baby, but you know that you're going to love this baby unconditionally and it's going to be a journey of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. That's how it feels. And there's no, there's no going back. That's what this process feels like. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's a baby. It's a birth and and so in the physical realm, so I can have this concept and I can have this real inner peace from a non-physical level. But when you bring it into the physical world, then you have to change the baby's diapers. You have to get up at 3 a.m. You have to. Do, so there, there's this whole process. So it's mm-hmm. going through that in a non-physical way. And mm-hmm. as it affects my physical reality, mm-hmm. I'm learning and growing in peace. Okay. That's what it feels like. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for explaining yeah. it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We, I asked you as well. What, what, what do? You, how do you define health now? Do you? Oh. Is it more than physical? Oh yes, it is. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So passionate about health on a physical level, just from going through. I think anybody that has mm-hmm. overcome anything, and then just being very fascinated by that mm-hmm. uh, with my mind mm-hmm. in my in my life. Uh, this emotional, spiritual, whatever the journey is of this, this, this going in journey because that's another thing we didn't discuss is inner so important I used to look to health as exterior not just even if I was looking at at spiritual health I would feel like I was going outside myself yeah yeah you know what am I looking to outside myself now I'm looking to inside myself Mm -hmm. so deeply and I think you addressed that somewhere that it's within us it is and that's really important that it's inner peace not outer peace I'm not sitting in a world that's peaceful outside me. I'm sitting in a world that's peaceful inside. Mm-hmm. That I can do. Mm-hmm. And and it's people like it's people like the Dalai Lama and Mother Teresa. It's because they've found that place in yeah. themselves that everyone loves to be in their presence because it resonates. It comes from them, and we feel it back. And and you know they're great examples of sort of uh, inspirations or mentors of of finding inner peace on the next episode of Dead Set on Living. And all of a sudden, I also went, wait a minute, stop that. Look at that woman. And so I can't explain the rest because it's without words. But I but I started to observe the woman in a different way, in her interactions, what she was doing, what she was saying, and, and seeing myself do the same thing because uh-huh. that was point of that. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then I had like a massive, it was just like this huge, just this feeling. It's the inner peace. I can't describe it in words. If you want more information on what was talked about on today's show, you can head over to the show page at deadsetonliving.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Dead Set on Living podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. That way you'll always be up to date whenever a new episode is released. As a listener, you are vital to the success of our show. By leaving a rating and review, You'll help us reach more people and continue to put out kick-ass content. 
Also, every time you leave a rating or review, a fairy in the forest will get its wings. But seriously, what you think is important to us and to the growth of our show. Until next time, live life and be well.